At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my dear friends. It's Isabella Lombicure, the world messenger and greeting again at the Legacy Leader Show. I'm super excited to share about today's guest that it's coming from New York City and one of my favorite cities actually in the world. Um, he's beside fellow Forbes Coaches Council member and phenomenal coach. He's also a business communication expert. Uh, who appeared on NASDAQ and some major, major outlets in the media with Fortune Top 100, actually, companies. And please give me a chance to introduce you to Paul Geiger, founder and CEO of Public Speaking Advantage. Paul, welcome. Hello, Isabella. Thank you for having me. It's absolute pleasure. Thank you for finding, uh, obviously, time in this crazy world that we're living in specifically with a lot of the shifted and change in, in New York City where you at right uh, in addition to other parts of the world so great seeing you without a doubt thank thank you you know I'm getting different perspectives you know when, when you asked me just a little while back about being a part of your uh, legacy leaders podcast I thought well I, I like I like the different perspectives that you have offered in our in our past conversations. So I knew that we would we would both be in for a treat here today. Thank you so much. And of course, with your tremendous experience and expertise, I'm sure the audience is craving because more than ever, we are communicating so many different ways and means, but is it effective? Is it working? Is it connecting? Is it creating these beautiful human connections that we're experiencing right now? So before we go into that, I'm sure the listeners are absolutely craving that. Uh, do you mind sharing a little bit about your background? Uh, where did you grow up? How did you became expert? And, and what were some pivotal moments in your life, personal and professional, to get you where you're at today? Sure. Well, I am, I've always commuted into New York City. I've always lived in the shadow of New York City and one of the suburbs, actually, in New Jersey. So one of the benefits of what we have been experiencing here since early March is that I no longer commute into the city. So I am coming virtually to everyone. So I got on the online, it's never going to go back, the horse is out of the barn frame of mind about doing online presentations pretty early. So I've been really keeping an eye on what, you know, what some of the good practices are, some of the do's and don'ts, and I know we'll go into that a little bit later. But just getting back to my history, I've always been a commuter into New York City, I started my career as really as a performer because I was a singer, an actor. I did commercials. I did a lot of voiceover work. I did a lot of live hosting. I probably, I tell people, I have probably put in over 30,000 hours of getting up in front of crowds. So I'm not sure. Wow. If, if that, that is amazing. I know. I'm not sure if that feeling, I've just 
had it beaten into me to get over the fear of public speaking. But it was one of those things that uh, about 15 years ago, I realized that throughout my career, I had always gravitated toward teaching people the things that I did. In any of the organizations that I was involved with, I did sales for a little while as well, just to get a feel for that. And that serves me well now because I'm able to talk about sales presenting and about public speaking. But I made that decision about 15 years ago that I really wanted to teach. And I was at a crossroads of, well, I had always used my voice in whatever it was that I was doing. And I always took a lot of pride in that. And I always really focused on it. And I read so many books and I wanted to get better for myself. And I realized that I really wanted to share all of that knowledge. And I started very simply coaching. Now, I was at the crossroads between would I be a singing coach or would I be a speaking coach? Ah, and that I is done, you know, I had done both because of the live hosting and the voiceovers and because of the singing and the recordings and, and whatnot. I, I was at that crossroads and I realized I found it so much more interesting to go into business and to actually go through a learning experience when I worked with business people, learning about what it is that they do. And from that, it really sort of evolved into their biggest problem across the board was not being clear about getting mm -hmm. their message across, not being able in a very succinct way to describe who they are, what they do, and what their benefits are. So I started really focusing on that. And that really took the forefront, the precedence of what it is that I do. And from that, of course, leadership, communications, regular public speaking, getting over the fear, accent reduction, I do all of those things. But mostly it's people who need to get a, a really clear message across. Wow, Don, we need a now more than ever your expertise in terms of clarity because so many things shifted uh, with everything that is happening. But I'm also seeing a lot of people on crossroads themselves, even regardless of pandemic and economic shifts and changes, that they just were there in the point of their lives uh, that they feel a little bit unease and not sure which direction they should also uh, take. But if you don't mind, just a little bit elaborating. Uh, are, do, are you missing performance? Are you still performing? Are you still having chance to do anything uh, in performing world? Well, you know, what, what, what's interesting is that along the way, just like everyone else, we, we make friends, we keep connections. And I do have primarily musician friends who will on occasion call me in to sing to do a, a special mass at church or they will you know my musician friends will say hey we're doing a big charity event i mean the sign the the poster up on the wall was a charity event that i did just you know to to be able to play and be able to sing and to really be accepted by and these people are professional musicians it's really nice it's really nice to have that history and be able to do it but i don't miss it where i want to commit to it at the level that they are committed to it, which is a very honorable thing. I made a choice. I just made a choice that I wanted to go, I wanted to go exploring. And mm -hmm. I realized no matter what area you, you put your focus on, you can explore in anything. So 
you know, it, that's the interesting thing about life is there are a lot of choices. And, you know, one of the things that I learned and I didn't, even, I didn't know it, and I know we've all learned a lot of things through this, this crisis, is that I didn't want to frame it as we have to change. I went from, well, I'm gonna to have to change to, well, I'm going to transition, which mm-hmm. just sounds like a fancier word for change. And or easier digestible it. psychologically because change has so much triggers for so many people, doesn't it? Right, so I went to transition but you know what I like even more, which has more of a sense of forward momentum, is the simple word of pivot. Just pivot. One of my favorites. Put in sand, pivot, and go in another direction that your momentum is already taking you in. I like that. So that's my mindset these days. I just love how you intuitively already start making transition and change of what you wanted to do, experiment with and transition into way before, obviously, what we're experiencing now. And look at this, how this is now allowing you when you cannot go perform and travel and do concerts and whatnot. You already have now this amazing platform and voice to be heard and such a huge void and huge need. Uh, which is absolutely fantastic and how sometimes things when we pull our intuition actually work for us right and lead us into that next chapter ahead of ahead of the game and position us for this uh, amazing servitude and 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 great solutions so do you mind sharing a little bit about um with expanding and choosing now instead of doing more voice uh, trainings, how you transition more in communication aspects. And what did you undercover from that beginning to this current time? What is changing in communication world, uh, specifically related to business with executives and leaders, if you don't mind? Sure. Well, you know, the interesting thing is that we, we always have to address the 800-pound gorilla in the room that has been in the room since March, which is the fact that we have to communicate through the channels that you and I are using here today, that we have to do this in a remote way. And I, I think people who either were or were not comfortable with getting in front of a group have felt, as you mentioned before, a little bit of a disconnect because we're talking to each other through, literally, really through technology. Now, the thing is that everything that happened before, any of the, what, what I call, when public speaking comes down to understanding the sensations and understanding the perceptions. So one of the sensations with public speaking when you get up in front of a group is feeling that energy of attention that can cause you to have a physical response. Most people will just term it as being nervous. That doesn't go away, even when you're, you know, as you know, when we're working with people here online, but there's an added pressure that goes along with it. And that is, you're never really sure if your message is coming across. In other words, that feeling When you get up in front of individuals, when you used to get up in front of people in person, that feeling of nobody else is going to move this ship forward but me in that moment of silence, that can be very overwhelming to a lot of people. That vacuum of silence keeps popping up because there could be a lag time in the technology. There could be 
a visual disconnect if the images are a little bit too small on your screen or there are too many people you can't even really tell if somebody's looking at you or not and we, we <laughs> or really the task in playing with the phones or doing other things and telling you that you're boring and they don't want to hear you <laughs> i know i know there's so much more room for distraction you know you're right you're right there is a little bit of a cover like i could have my phone here and you wouldn't even know it you know but if you see the eyes go away immediately you think i've lost them so there are additional challenges to working through in this way but you're still in terms of business if you're a salesperson you're expected to keep networking in a slightly different way you're expected to maintain your pipeline and your relationships and you've got to do it through this technology so you have to get better and better at being really clear what i say is be be very upfront about your message so that people have an expectation of what's coming and will anticipate continuing to listen, to want to see how it all unfolds. But you want to make sure, because it's also very fatiguing to work like this hour after hour every day, that you, you want to make sure that you're not wearing people out by taking too much time. That's an excellent point because um, I find it that a lot of people use this opportunity to connect because they feel lonely and isolated. And then some, some people live by themselves or some of them are, you know, due to whatever reasons, you know, uh, using this as an outlet as not only business, but then sometimes also that personal satisfaction. And, and that could be very overbearing and, and also challenging because, um, people are not necessarily always to the point, right? If it's a business meeting and you want to kind of balance that in the right way. But that is why it's so important also knowing the mission, the purpose, why we're meeting in the first place and what we're trying to accomplish so that people get satisfied, so that everybody walks and they know that they invested their time for the right purpose and right reason mm -hmm. and right outcome, right? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, still the, the, the communication challenges that were always there within a business hierarchy, they're still there. You know, we've just got this, this other level that we have to deal with now. And you're right, it's not that easy to really connect, but it goes back to one of the, a bit of advice that I give a lot of people who ask me about networking virtually. And that is, you really want to be able to, and I, and I ask everyone that I meet to give me three adjectives that describe them or their business and give me one noun that describes who you are. So that when I am in conversation with other people who could be potential connections for that individual, as soon as I hear one of those keywords, I immediately think of that person. You know, it's interesting, if I ever, just to be honest with you, Isabel, if I ever hear the words leadership legacy together, I do think of you. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting thing, the way that works. But I don't think enough people take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that if you sit down and just do, try not to use uh, overused adjectives, like don't use hardworking or good communicator, you know, I mean, as, as important as that is, that might not be something that we'll tap right into, but come up with some unique words that make you memorable. Mm 
That is that is very valid point, and because specifically, uh, everybody's trying to have their own voice with thousands and thousands of other voices, and now beyond the meeting structure, obviously the voices that are showing in digital footprint. Uh, do you mind uh, addressing a little bit of communication aspects of, on digital media? Sure. For anyone who, well, th there's a couple of things about about using digital media and using social media. And that is that there can be a real temptation to water down your brand and you need to decide what that brand is going to be and be consistent with it. And I realize there's a little bit of a temptation to think, well, anybody and everybody can see this. Therefore, I have to make it palatable for everybody. But you've heard it, certainly I'm not the first person to say it, but you're only going to appeal to a certain amount of people. And there'll be other people who, for whatever reason, not maliciously, will ignore your message. Simply, maybe the timing isn't right. Maybe you really don't have something that interests them or has any kind of a benefit to, um, to a problem. You, know, you don't offer a solution that's necessarily on point with what their needs are. So don't try to appeal to everybody and don't water down your brand, but be clear about what it is that you do, which doesn't leave room for you to evolve, but just don't try to spread yourself too thin. And I don't mean don't put yourself out there. I just mean make sure that your message stays very consistent and if it does move a little bit, introduce that aspect slowly. Don't keep shifting gears around so people don't know who, who you are or what it is you do. Because there will come a time when the right person needs what it is you have to offer, that they will reach out. And you will be that person, that unique person who can provide what it is that they need. That is such a great advice from uh, standing out with something very specific that represents you in the best light to really strong branding and messaging that is consistent at a core. Uh, but um, as we know, leadership, for example, has obviously everything is at the core around the leadership. It's just the question is now, how is that integrated in what we do? And, and, and one, of the, one of the interesting aspects that I'm seeing a lot of people or communication, I mean, communication aspects of every single business or every single individual. But then again, what specialized communication we're talking about here, right? And what form of that communication? Because we have a written, we have a verbal. Uh, we also uh, want to make sure that that comes across uh, very strong. I saw some of your videos and some great messaging that we're talking also about the body language and nonverbal. So, uh, and the reason I wanted to address this uh, with the audience because I'm seeing a lot of, I wouldn't say mistakes, and, and, and I wanted people to feel encouraged to try and test it out and fail fast and quickly adjust and keep going. Uh, but uh, consistency, again, Again, in your own presence, right? In your own voice, in your own messaging, what would you say about that nonverbal communication? Because um, I feel like a lot of people still don't understand nuances of nonverbal communication and how important it is. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing, and uh, it's, it's a great, great topic, Isabella, because for my money, your, your body language, your nonverbal communication, we'll call it body language, mm -hmm. is 
um, so important to raising what I call your authenticity quotient. In other words, can people believe that or you're trust speaking you. truthfully? Eventually they'll trust you, but they won't trust you if they don't think you're speaking authentically. So one of the easier ways to get yourself in a place where you are speaking authentically or coming across as the perception of authenticity plus the sensation of authenticity because you feel like you're all in is to leverage your body language. And there are quite a few aspects to body language, but it really falls into four categories. And that would be eye contact, mm -hmm. facial expressions, mm -hmm. posture, and gestures. So it's not just one of those things. It's, it's all of them. And that's one of the things that's difficult about this online connection too. Um, you know, I always tell everyone, there's a pretty set rule actually that I made up about <laughs> eye contact when you're one-on-one -on -one with someone in person. And that is the 80-50 rule. Meaning when you're the listener, you are making direct eye contact with the individual about 80% of the time, just out of respect that you're paying attention. Mm -hmm. But when you're the speaker, you only have to make direct eye contact about 50% of the time. Now, you would think, why, if I really want to connect with this person, why do I look away half of the time? And the main reason is you want to give that person an unguarded moment to look in on your thought process. Mm. It really is a higher level of engagement. Now, that is the average rule when we used to get together with each other. It still is kind of the rule while we're working online. The only problem is when you're speaking to someone, because naturally we've grown up wanting to look at someone right in the eyes, is if their image is slightly away from the camera, and it always is because it's not right on top of where our camera sits, we're always going to be looking like we're looking away if we look at the person. But if we look right into the camera lens, now we're making direct eye contact. And that can be a little difficult to experience, to, to uh, deliver, but it also makes it a little bit harder to connect. Because if you've forgotten, and if, if your picture is down here on the screen and I'm looking like this, notice the difference if I look down here, oh, hi, Isabella, as opposed to, oh, hi, Isabella. Very big, huge difference. Excellent, excellent points. And, and one thing that I also notice from behavioral standpoint, when people are thinking, like when you're talking and you're thinking, a lot of times people look away because they're thinking. And yeah. there could be also a loss of eye contact just because they go into place and, and, and visualizing what they're talking about it. Sometimes looking somebody's in the eye could be also distracting, which is really interesting too. And some people master that over a period of time that they can still be having great thought process without being distracted and still remain that uh, eye contact, but keep, keep up with that, so. Right, well, you, you also, you don't wanna overdo as the speaker, you don't wanna to make too much direct eye contact because mm -hmm. that can get a little creepy too. So yes. you, know, you have to figure it all out. But you bring up another really interesting point, which is now that we are all on camera, always remember that an inch is a mile on camera. Whereas if I do what I call a look away while I'm speaking, just to indicate that I'm thinking about something, if I only look maybe an inch or two away from the camera, now you can see that I'm in my own thoughts. 
and then mm -hmm. I come back to you, okay? Mm -hmm. But if I were to utilize behavior from eight months ago, if we were face-to-face, -face, I would feel comfortable going like this. Well, you know, hmm, I'm not sure about that. Now it looks like I'm looking into another room on camera. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, these are connection things that technology, these are, these are interesting hurdles that you have to consider. Because if you really do want to connect with people, you've got to remind yourself. I have to remind myself because now it's so prevalent that we are speaking on camera. Very, very good point. And, and then great chance specifically when we discuss in business and some very sensitive, high important, important, highly important information, for example, uh, when you need to quote unquote, still be able to read the room, but in the same time, be able to address everybody's concern or call in and identify, looks like you might have a, something uh, on your mind, would you please share with us and create that space and allow for uh, energetically transformative opportunities because I'm seeing also very interesting patterns. Other is very executional. That is truly not taking any human consideration in it. Uh, or, 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 or combinations of things I, where I really feel like it's opportunity also to slow down, right? And mm -hmm. fully, fully be 100% present. And, and what I've seen also, what I think it's very important and I'm thinking also very helpful also for many people, forces you to listen. It really does forces you to pay so much more attention what is exactly being shared and how people respond to certain questions or concerns or issues before you really just uh, trying to just share a point of view, for example. So that is very, very powerful. So with everything that is happening during the crisis, obviously, and more and more this virtual communication, what would you recommend and what do you see foresee in the future? Obviously things will continue to be for a long period of time. Uh, and I'm assuming they might change slightly, but this is just our new normal, right? Uh, what do you foresee that is very important for people to harness their own skill set, not only in their expertise, but in their deliverable, deliverable of communication styles and ways how they communicate with others? Well, you know, I think one of the most important things really goes back to what we were talking about before with your own personal brand and using social media and whatnot. And that is to make sure that in everything that you do, there's an authenticity that comes across because that is something that, that people are attracted to. And it's not so, I mean, step number one is knowing yourself and knowing what message you want to, you want to have come across. Step number one, step number two is making sure that you're delivering it in the right way. Mm -hmm. There could be things that are sabotaging you being able to deliver that message. So I'm so glad that we're talking quite a bit about utilizing technology and the little, little nuances of still maintaining that authenticity as we move forward, because it just feels like, like something we're not used to, something that's been forced upon us, not something that we necessarily wanted to pivot toward, but, mm -hmm. We, we do, we have to. 
That is, that is a very good point. And, and that's why a lot of people are leveraging coaching and, and different expertise to do this and get out of their comfort zone. And I'm seeing more and more people um, doing their own videos, for example, or trying to send their own messages on specific topics. And do you mind just sharing a little bit about the video? I'm seeing you also some of your great work. What would you suggest and recommend communicate on the video? Uh, what is essential to really have effective message out? Well, I think what you need to do at first is to make sure that you pique somebody's interest. And again, don't worry about appealing to everyone. Realize what it is you truly can provide in a very unique way. You know, what does set you apart and be able to, to put that on video and not be afraid to really speak your thoughts and speak in a really authentic way. In other words, there is no right way to do it. There's no right way to put a video together. Just get, I mean, be able to put together a video. Don't worry about it not being perfect or looking like a perfectly edited movie. Unless of course, you've got some editing skills. I'm not telling everyone to run out there and learn how to do some of the things that I learned how to do during the lockdown. <laughs> it's really what I, you know, what did I, I do during my, my time off? My sabbatical was I learned how to put a lot of these things together. But at the core, at the core is making sure that you, the message is coming across. And the message that I like to get across is I have focused all my life on doing these things. Mm -hmm. I would love to give you these tips. So I want to help. And that, and that evolved recently too, with writing articles about, you know, what is, what is your Zoom background say about you? Which is an interesting topic. You know, mm -hmm. it's something that, that we put together that you compose. Um, try to embrace, try to learn from the people whose videos you like and try to figure out what it is that they do that help make those videos more appealing. Because you can be, this goes back to, you can be really authentic and really be truthful about what it is you do and how you do it. But if, if the delivery, if the video delivery isn't there, then it's gonna fall short. Or the people that you would like to attract, for whatever reason, might not be attracted to it. Again, production values don't have to be really high, but making sure you're, you're well lit so that we can see you, making sure that your background looks appealing. Um, you're the space that you're presenting doesn't look sloppy. It says something about you. Um, this is just, these are just general tips. Making sure you. You, the camera is at eye level <laughs> so that, you know, sure. you're shooting up your so nose. You have a better way, good eye contact and good connection so you can capture that first three seconds, good, good. Uh, mm -hmm connection with the audience. Um, those, are, those are good tips to be, again, reminded of it because a lot of times people are thinking the solutions are always something outside of their control. And it's amazing how much we actually can control to make that happen. Right. So it's a great right. reminder for sure. Um, but what I'm hearing, what keeps coming is authenticity. Uh, and I know that that word means a lot of different things for different people. And I've seen uh, different thought process, uh, what, what is to be authentic? 
Uh, do you mind sharing with the audience what that means, obviously, from your perspective in business world, specifically right now when it comes to communication, to connect the dots? Why, why, what is that ingredient that needs to be part of everything around your own brand and everything who you are? Right, right. It's, uh, for, for my money, authenticity is getting across the perception that you're committed to the words that you're saying. Because we first have to believe that you believe in them before we can start to believe in them or we can start to believe in you. So that's why public speaking is really such a big part of everything that we do. Because you can be honest, you can be authentic in your heart, in your spirit. But if there are certain things that are holding you back, that's going to cause a disconnect along the way and some of the things you know again going back to video if you do videotape yourself you we are all probably our own worst critics so when we sit there and we watch a video we know what we like we know what we don't like yes. we'll probably see some of the things now anyone might recognize what it is you're doing incorrectly or you might not you'll certainly recognize if you like it or not but I think that's a good that's a good way to determine whether you're speaking really authentically. It comes it comes through. It is it's a commitment to the words that you're saying. It really starts there. And it's it that energy. Through. It's the energy that is like you, you can't fake it. It's there or it's not there, right? That's right. It's that what I call forward momentum. You know, it's not sometimes you know forward momentum not to be confused with speaking quickly because I'm not a big fan of speaking quickly. I think it has too many negative connotations. People think that you're, you want the interaction to be over with quickly, or you're nervous about speaking. That can be an indication of, you know, um, when you're speaking too quickly. Also, you might try to, try to prove that you're smarter than somebody by speaking really fast. So I'm not a big fan of that, but I am a big fan of that forward momentum. That is very great perspective. And actually, I love that you touch on that. So we have a forward momentum that really brings that gorgeous authenticity uh, and our own inner being that comes out through everything that we do. Either it's a video or audio, either it is uh, our writing, but truly consistently showing and proving who we are as a person. So when we do actually meet and have this opportunity virtually or physically, that we know, oh my God, you are exactly what I expected, right? So it's like not somebody else and not 20 years old photo of you or not different types of personality. And it's not that distant connect because how many times people will say Isabel you're exactly the same person I'm seeing out in you know digital world that I'm seeing in front of me mm -hmm. and that is the greatest compliment or Paul oh my god you're absolutely spot on and everything that I'm being seen about you you know it's like that is so consistent but well, it's also consistency part of that as well right because right. it's great so we can change slightly methods or approaches but in essence I want, I want St. Paul that I know, you know, the core values, who is he all about today to be in the future as well, right? In the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years. That's right. Which also is a reflection of value of you as a leader and influencer, isn't it? Yes. And, and people, yes, they'll, they'll see a picture, they'll watch a video, and then they'll speak to me. And they'll say, you're exactly what I expected. And I explained, that's because I only own two shirts. 
<laughs> a great joke. <laughs> I, I love to wear a lot of black, so it's like to me, it's like, yeah, she's 99% in black. That's what we expect to see. Somebody walking in in black. I was like, yep. <laughs> so I can relate to that. <laughs> well, that's, that's part of your brand. Why? Because you authentically like the way you look in that color. I mean, you know, it's, there's an authenticity there as well. You're not trying to please everybody by wearing what everybody, what you think everybody wants to see you wearing. You're, you're being you. That is excellent point too. That also matters not only what we say, how we say it, but also how we present ourselves and, and, and what we feel most comfortable in. And yeah, that is that is very good point. So we touched also a little bit on the leadership part. Mm -hmm. So uh, since like you've been doing so many wonderful things with the shifts and change uh, prior and obviously now during the uh, this pandemic, uh, do you mind? Just giving us a little bit of what, what is coming, what is new, what is exciting, what, what are you starting and where are you headed from your uh, personal leadership drive um, uh, in the in, in future? Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting, Isabella. Um, when all of us, the, the handful of, of coaches who were getting together uh, since the crisis, since the end of March, beginning of April, I really took to heart the gathering of us, the sharing of perspectives. And I just put it in my mind that I was gonna be a sponge and just take in everything, of course, staying true to who I am and seeing it through a public speaking prism, seeing it, you know, my, my way of looking at things. So one of the things that I, a revelation that was brought to me uh, by one of the coaches, and really collectively by all of the coaches, was how important leadership communication is. Mm -hmm. And I said this a couple of times, um, and it really is true that you can have a change of mindset. You can improve for the better. But if you're not able to communicate what that is, it will do you no good. And one of the things that I realized is that it's as much as you want to be consistent with your messaging, the circumstances are slightly different depending on who it is that you're speaking to. And really everybody is speaking in, in slightly different directions. And if you want to be able to categorize that, leadership communication means being able to speak to either side of you, speak below you, speak above you. So those messages change based on really what the agenda, what the, what the objectives are of working with those, with those particular people. Mm -hmm. So it's a combination. There's, there's, it gets a little involved, this whole leadership communication. But I love the idea of fleshing out this methodology so that I can talk about it and so that I can help leaders understand it in a comprehensive way. That it's not just a matter of, well, I'm going to do it this way because that's the way I've always done it. You know, there are areas to improve and my, my area is communications. My area is how do you deliver that message? So that's the big thing that I'm, that I'm really focusing on right now is 
leadership communication. That is brilliant. And for audience and listeners that don't know, uh, Paul did something amazing for um, Forbes Coaches Council members, reached out and asked if you guys are interested in during this time to do something, uh, to share ideas, to share opportunities, to really connect and, and learn from each other and uh, share on certain topics. And he's been diligent and worked so hard to help so many of us actually through that process. And as a result, a great library of so much knowledge. Uh, but you demonstrate also your servant leadership and you demonstrate so many things that I just felt like, oh my God, this is such a wonderful example, a great human being who's leveraging now this time of uncertainty to keep us grounded, to give us something to do on the schedule. Uh, but in the same time to really see and keep a pulse what's happening nationally because we had a coaches from all of the from parts of the United States, which was beautiful and actually a couple from UK, I believe, right? Yes. And, and and experience was absolutely priceless because it was organic, was very uh, good to hear from different types of personalities, different styles, different focuses, uh, different expertise. But what was really interesting, and you spot on, leadership is shifting. And, and one of the things, not only by, by degree, but by my passion, my, uh, commit, uh, my commitment is that leadership excellence. And, and, and to me, that top tier is the legacy. Everything that we do is a matter, is a making impact. And what kind of impact is making? Is it so just the financial or is it just the recognition? Or is it truly changing people's lives? Is it transforming? Is it transformative? Is, is it lasting? Does it have a value? So when we look at all of that, and I love that you're now focusing on leadership communication because that was already disconnected before the technology. How many leaders of influence and affluence in organizations have those positions, but they're not necessarily good communicators. And now they're on the spotlight. They don't even know what the message to share, how to share it. And you can't have a now 100 people in your team for PR and communication to handle when they need the leader to share the message. Yes. Whatever that message comes across through video, audio, written form, now it's a time also to make a shift to understand how am I, am I leading the team in the right light? Am I making things closer? Am I showing my support? Am I nurturing? Am I creating an environment that's going to flourish? Or am I creating an environment that is creating more hostility, more uh, challenges, more pain points for my team members? Am I valuing my team members? Or I'm just valuing the bottom line and survival versus uh, while I'm surviving other elements of that. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you are opening huge Pandora box, but is absolutely necessary. And I'm super excited to hear more. So, yes. <laughs> well, let me just say something about what we were, we were doing with the uh, coaches collective for a few Please. months there. To be honest with you, I reached out totally based on my needs. I, I needed something that apparently the other coaches needed as well, as you just detailed. And I have to admit that you guys, you, you really got me through it. You really did. You know, it was really an important, it was really an important experience. And I was happy to steward that because I had the time and the inclination to organize it and communicate and reach out to everyone. And it went very, very smoothly. And it was really, it was quite an interesting experience. But I wanted to bring up one other, another point. And that is, I everything we're talking about with leadership communication, being able to talk in different directions, 
it really is a matter of increasing through communication your inclusion of the various people in your organization. The trick, the difficulty, the challenge is to be able to still be consistent and authentic in your message, but not lose these various people. So as with most things that, that require skill and diligence, you are walking a, a tightrope a little bit. And there will Very be times true. when you will sway to one side or to the other, but just Staying on course is important and knowing what the destination is. You bring up a very good point. The destination is not quarterly results. It's not yearly bottom line. It is what lives did you touch? What legacy did you leave? I like to explain it to everybody as, all right, tell me what you're known as, which is usually a pretty easy answer and then I go, all right, tell me what you're known for. And there's a difference. Wow, that is so powerful. Very, very true. Speaking so much my language. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it's usually crickets and silence. It's like, oh, I don't know. Let's ask others. And it's like, but you as a leader of billions of dollars company, you should know. You should know where you sit with your C-suite or your executives as well as rest of the company. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I love the, the term that you use. I have heard you use it before. And it's, it's obviously something that, that many of us as coaches are fond of. And that's the, the term of a servant leader. I really, I really like, like that. I would love to hear more of your, your thoughts about, I guess, examples of what the servant leader is, what the servant leader thinks what we, I don't know, examples that, that maybe you've seen? What, what I always loved about it is servitude of leadership, of leaders when you have the power, title, position, and influence and affluence, but you are not exempt from most basic task or chore or, or not exempt of also not to able to greet and connect. I always use this analogy and as New York, I'm sure you can relate it. You wanna be able to connect with everybody in garage as well anywhere in between penthouse and garage. You wanna know who your employees are, who works there, you wanna know their names, you wanna know as much as possible, not only about your people, but people that serve you every day to do your job well. Question it is who do you serve? for people to order the coffee, to people to clean, uh, people to uh, set up everything, to fix your computer, everybody that you are depending upon, but in the same time that you also can touch back by not only genuine appreciation and interest, but ways that you can really do something for others and without expecting anything in return. Not because, oh my God, they work for me, they're already paid and that's it which is a lot of times attitude that I see. Servant leadership is that authentic, genuine driving force why we show up to change, you know, to contribute something positive in the world. And the servant leaders of modern time, I mean, I grew up with Mother Teresa and Gandhi's principles uh, since I was five-year-old. So, uh, you know, charities, uh, movies, uh, philosophies, and understanding why people are cherishing and billions of, millions of them are willing to walk just to see him meet, meet, for example, Gandhi or even Mother Teresa at her time. 
there was just like to me like why you know there were not guys of an insane stature or 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 or, or this power or, or position but then they show how a simple gesture when you touch people's hearts and the way you made them feel and how truly genuinely you have interest beyond yourself and self-awareness around your environment that really makes the difference and to me that is something that i actually practiced so early on before i even studied leadership or got a degree in leadership because i really recognized how much that is lacking in different infrastructures in europe as well in the United States and other parts of the world. Uh, and, and, and looking through global business management lens, not only again degree, but experience and with Fortune 500 companies, I just saw a huge gap, Paul, and, and, and I saw like, who, who do I wanna work with? Which company I wanna be part of? Where do I feel that I am not employee as a number, but that I'm talent and I'm seen as a talent? Mm -hmm that has something to offer as a great team member that I'm seen as an asset. What a difference also in performance, what a difference in energy, what a difference in passion and excitement and creativity. And that is what I feel that the United States were failing royally because we, we literally suffocated that opportunity in our working environment. And I really hope that this level setting will not only help us with better quality leadership traits that will then be shown through effective leadership communication, because we also need to revisit what leadership stands for and what is part of it and what should we exude every day. It's not just the title and position and mm -hmm. something we step away uh, when we want, or we don't want, where we're not in public eye, but that is who authentic we are. And every single time, uh, you know, every single day, just who we are naturally. Well, you, you bring up a really, really good point. And that is that all of the people that you lead as a leader, they really, aside from the details, they really have three major needs. Number one, they need to feel that they have some autonomy to do their work, to be talent, to be the talent that they were hired to be. Number two, they have to have room for growth. And number three, they want to feel like they have a value in the outcome of the company. So probably in terms of autonomy, in terms of room for growth, that's really the management of your company. But the major focus of a leader is to make sure that the, the various people within the organization understand their value to the outcome of that company. And I think that's something that leadership certainly can do. And you're right. It goes back to, it's not, it's not even just basic respect. It's really, really understanding the value that these people bring. And it's not something that the leader needs to teach everybody uh, just needs to communicate it because people have talents. They have various talents and a leader's job is just, just to make sure that they understand how important they are to the outcome. And I love how you distill that, but everything again is around environment. If you create a healthy environment and healthy culture, you have all of those components there. Naturally, they're part of it. But with environments right now that we're having and a lot of uh, fragmentation, a lot of shifts and challenges, obviously, righteously, because of the uh, situations that we're dealing with. And now it's such a glaring 
if you did not have some of these foundations and health environments prior, because it's just the harder and harder to contain and maintain that, right? And sustain, frankly. So with that in mind, do you mind just before we uh, wrap this up, uh, do you mind just tell me, DePaul, uh, what is your legacy? What are you driving? What is your driving force to get you passionately every day to keep forward thinking, uh, what are you contributing? What are you making difference and impact with? Uh, so that really feels like you have this amazing legacy, which you already accomplished so many things and it's already there, but with, you know, that this next chapter of your life. Oh, without a doubt. You know, one of the, the funny things that I've been saying, not just recently, but I've been thinking for probably 30 plus years is I'm never going to retire. Why should I do that? Why should I ever retire? Yes, but there are some things that I want to be known for. And the, probably the most important thing is what I realize. And that is, and it's really the reason that I made that pivot many, many years ago to teaching people who had really varied stories. Because everybody has a very unique story to tell. And it's not just the people who are, who have the diligence and the talent to write a book. It's not just the people who are, who have talents in music and are able to put out media in that regard or, or to be able to be on TV and be celebrities. Those are not the, the only stories that need to be told. There are so many other nuanced stories that we need to be enriched by. And if there is something that's holding someone back from being able to really clearly say what their story is to deliver that message, I wanna be the person who helped them overcome that obstacle. That's what I wanna be known for. That's amazing because you are you a good in, a indirect conduit of sharing beautiful stories in the world. And that is amazing a legacy to have because again, we connect through the stories, we learn through the stories, and um, that is ways also, I feel like the stories will never go away. So more powerful we can share them, more impact that can be created. So that's wonderful. Anything else on your bucket list or anything else you wanna share audience uh, that are watching and listening today? No, I would say in terms of my bucket list, well, you know, one of these days when we can get back to traveling, there are certainly several, if not several hundred countries in the world I haven't visited that I would love to visit at some time. Mm. Um, not in a work capacity, but then again, maybe in a work capacity, you never know. That's fantastic. I feel like everybody's itching to travel and I hope that we will be able to do that soon. Uh, I really, really appreciate the opportunity to uh, hear from you and uh, thank you so much for um, being a guest today. My pleasure, Isabella. I really, I always enjoy having a, a really in-depth conversation with you and I'm, I'm so glad that I'm able to share some of these thoughts with your listeners, with your viewers, and I look forward to the next time.